Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would go to the book, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Praise God. I'm glad y'all are here this morning. I'm glad you're excited. I, I can tell y'all are getting your shout on. You know, the Bible says, that, and we've been talking about this whole thing, this whole message about having the shout of the Lord, the king of the shout of the king in your camp, you know, the excitement of the Lord. Amen. I don't know about y'all, or I'm glad I'm saved this morning. No matter what happens, I know where I'm going. Those things should be bringing excitement to you. The word of God, knowing that you can read your Bible. Go over the promises of God. That's what I'm talking about, this whole message. And I want to finish it today. But you've you got to have the shot of a king in your camp. You've got to, man, the devil's got to know that you know who you serve. Amen? I mean, that's the bottom line. And so let me just, let me just go over the three points that I did. I've shared these last couple of uh, weeks, and, and then I'll finish this. But we started out, you know, so the first thing is, is you got to not bow, be determined. You're not going to bow your knee. I'm telling you, pressure is going to come upon you in life. We live in the greatest age of deception there has ever been. Hello? You know how, you know how you're, you, you, you see a commercial on television and they're eating pizza. Have you ever noticed how then you want to eat pizza? Like you're thinking, man, I wish I had some pizza. Well, there's a reason for that. They're doing that as a subliminal thing to go in there, and you're going to do that. It's a marketing thing. It's a, but now they're, 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 the whole thing is blown completely out of proportion. Now the deception has gotten so great in the world. Man, they're trying to topple nations. They're trying to do all kinds of things in the world because of deception, all right? Well, if you determine you're not bowing your knee, except to what the Word of God says and to, except to Jesus Christ, well, do you determine that in your life? Then there can be a shout of the king in your camp. But if you're going to be wishy-washy, well, maybe this, maybe that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What does it say? What do you think it says? What do you think it says? Well, he says he thinks this or he says he thinks that. Folks, listen to me. You're just barking up the wrong tree. Second point that I got into, and like I said, you just have to go back and listen to the last couple of messages. Second point was you don't give place to the devil. You determine in your life you're not going to give place to the devil. You may mess up. You may make a mistake. You may do something wrong. We'll repent and go on. But your, your, your focus, your whole core belief system is, Lord, I don't want to give one place, one inch to the devil. Amen? And so we talked in that, that about David and Goliath and, and him picking up the four stones and and all of that. So go back and listen to that. But then last week, I was, I was on, uh, you had to learn to live a life that brings glory to God. Basically, living a life under the blood of Jesus. And I, I, last week's message on the blood of Jesus, man, I'm telling you, it'll set you free if you just go back and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Till you get that down that you are righteous. That song uh, they sang this morning about the robes of righteousness upon you. And, you know, and you've got to understand that you've got to understand who you are in Christ. Amen. So that brings me to number four this morning. I don't believe I started number four. If I did, with well, an act, don't let me know I did, and we'll just go on with it, okay? But number four, you have to determine, listen to me, to run the race that's set before you. Amen. Hebrews 12.1, Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, sir, he says it easily ensnares you. Okay? And let us run with 
And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Now listen to this. I wrote this down so I could say it again. All races, I'm not talking color, I'm talking your race that you're running in life. All races are not the same. Some have more tribulation than others. Some tribulation in people's lives are created because of bad choices. Some are created because of bad family choices. Some were created because of wrong associations. But no matter what, if you ask and you seek, Jesus will show you the way. So what I'm saying to you this morning is so many people get all tied up and there's this great deception going on in the world today about, you know, this generation, you know, and this woe is me and woe is me and woe is me and woe is me and I didn't get this and you didn't get that and you got that and I didn't get this. Listen to me. We all have a race to run. And when I was being born into my family, I didn't, I don't remember voting on it. Hello? I didn't vote. I didn't get a vote. But I was born into a family and there wasn't anything I was going to do about it. So the choices my family made were going to affect my life. Right? And so your life is not my life and my life is not your life. And the race that's set before you I'm sorry if there's more, it seems like more tribulation than somebody else's life or, oh, why didn't I get born into that? You can spend your time and your energy blaming God for what is happening or you can take the God-given power he's given to you and overcome the obstacles in your life. That's the bottom line, church. There's no easy way to say it. There's no way to candy coat it. I can stroke your hair and, and pet you like a dog and then scratch you behind the ears and say everything. I'm so sorry. It's like that. That ain't going to get you anywhere. I'm sorry if I feel, uh, you know, if I'm coming across a little aggressive this morning. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to shake us up. The life you're living and the race that you've got to run is what's set before you. And there isn't any sense complaining to God about what. What, what, what you've got? Well, Lord, if, you know, if this wouldn't have happened to me, that's not going to get you anywhere. Amen. We're called in life to be overcomers. And overcomers can only overcome if they have a problem or a situation in front of them. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. But the moment, here we go. He says here, looking unto Jesus, the moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you're going to get off the path. The moment you get your ass off Jesus, listen, the moment the devil gets you to holding court in your life, well, this shouldn't have happened to me. If they wouldn't have done that, well, then this wouldn't have happened. And then if that didn't happen, then this wouldn't have come upon me here. And then I wouldn't be in this situation. The moment you quit holding court and get your eyes focused back on Jesus, Lord, I don't know. This is just where I'm at. I'm looking to you, Lord. You said you'd deliver me. You said you'd set me free. You said, Lord God, you take this situation. You can go and complain. Like, it's like one time I was talking to the doctor. I had to go to the doctor for something. And the doctor's wanting my family history. And he goes through my family history. And he says, you know, he's doing all the checkoffs, you know. You, you get depressed just listening to the doctor giving you the checkoff list, right? 
And so he's giving me the check off. He says, you know, has anybody in your family ever died of cancer? Anybody in your family ever died of diabetes? Any in your family ever died? He's just going in this whole list. And finally I said, stop, stop, stop. I cannot take anymore. Let me just tell you, no, nobody's died of anything in my life, in our, my family's history. And he just looks at me and says, really? I said, yeah, they all, they never live long enough. They either got killed or died of, of heart, a heart attack or a stroke, and that's it. It's the end of it. They ain't nobody had nothing because nobody lived long enough in my family to ever develop any other disease. So just, he's just looking at me like. <laughs> and I said, I know what cross I'm bearing. And so you just, you, just, you know, this is the way it is. I can't complain about it. I can't say, oh, I wish I'd have been born into a taller family. I mean, I'll get a text on this one in just a second. But you're born to a, into a five foot with a mother that's only five foot tall stretching on her tiptoes. I mean, you know, you don't stand a very good chance to make six foot. Watered the gene pool down, right? Well, I can complain all I want to about that. I can go to God and say, woe is me, but there's nothing to do but overcome. And too many people today are whining about everything that's been wrong and they're wrong this and wrong that and woe is me and all this. And they're spending too much time whining instead of just learning how to be an overcomer. All right. And so I want you as the army of God to learn how to be an overcomer. Listen, if you're shooting and you can't hit anything, don't give up. Find somebody that can teach you how to shoot. If you can't hit the mark. Right? Don't just throw down and say, well, I'm gotcha. I can't see straight. No, you can't do that. Okay? Now go to Romans 8.37. Romans 8.37. Romans 8.37. Yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, what things? The things that are coming upon you, the things that you're having to run into in your race in life. The obstacles, the hurdles that you're having to overcome in life, those things. What are you going to, it says, and, and yeah, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, <clears throat> I was asking the Lord and talking to him about this because how are you more than a conqueror, right? What does he mean? I was trying to find out the real true meaning of what do you mean? You're more than a conqueror. A conqueror is a conqueror. You won. But what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? Lord, are you saying it's, it's just easier? What was it? And so I looked up the word, and it's, the word is hypernakio, or nakio. Hypernakio. It's the word that means more than conqueror. You catch the first part of that word, hyper? Today we're giving kids drugs to, you know, because they say they're hyper. Everybody's got drugs, everybody's hyper. But the Bible's talking about you should be a hyper conqueror. So that's just kind of like, you're just kind of like nervous and, you know, fidgety. Like, I just want to kill something. Just want to get some, just want to conquer something. A problem comes your way instead of saying, oh, God, why is this happening? We ought to be like, oh, oh, God, how are you going to, how are you going to defeat this? What are we going to do? Oh, well, we're going to tear it up. We're going to rip it up. You should have never messed with me. You should have never messed with me. Oh, we're going to have a victory here. Oh, God, what's this victory going to look like? Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. You, oh, you just can't sit, you can't sit down. Can't get, you're just agitated. You're not agitated because, oh, because see, everybody gets agitated that they had a problem or a battle. And we're all agitated about the battle. And we waste our time 
going around trying to go under and, and getting over this problem that there's a battle faced us. The Bible never says you're not going to have battles. Jesus never said it's magic. I'm just going to grace you and you'll go through life like glory. Hallelujah. No, he said you're going to have battles. But the more than conqueror comes in that you get to be this conqueror as David and Goliath, little kid, big giant, battles of parting Red Seas, battles of whatever the situation may be, that you're doing it, but you're doing it because you're, you're just like, man, you're on fire about it. You're hyper about it. You just know God's going to deliver you. But us Christians are spending way too much time. Said, oh, God, I don't want to battle. Rather than just every time a battle rises, let's go. Don't be preaching from the, pulp, from the congregation. I'm preaching. I got more to go. It's not over. Okay, so why should we be so hyper about this? Go to 2 Peter 1. Look at 2 Peter 1. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many of y'all like grace and peace? Be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Folks, is it true? Is that scripture true? Is that scripture real? I mean, is that just made up? They just want to throw some fluff in there to keep everybody excited, but God's not really going to do anything for you? Does it not say right there, plain English, his divine power has given you all things? Everybody say all things. What does all things cover? There's nothing then that you could come across in an obstacle in life that there is not an answer to it. Am I right? There's not a thing. But when your eyes are off Jesus, off the promises, over here in the woe is me section, you can't see it because you're not having fellowship. Because look, it says, how does it come? Grace and peace is multiplied to you, what? In the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of God. So while you're spending time with Jesus, while you're spending time keeping your eyes on him, while you're spending time with a relationship and fellowship with him, you're learning and growing how to operate in the divine power that's given to us all that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. It's just real simple. You've got to get this. You've got to get yourself straight when your flesh or whatever you want to call it, your flesh, your mind, your soul, whatever. When you want to get, when you are off having the pity party, okay, then you are not over here in grace and peace, gaining knowledge of how to operate in the divine promises of God for your life. Now, I want to tell y'all something. I, I, listen to me. I'm not standing up here this morning in the pulpit like saying, oh, pastor, he got it down. I mean, I don't ever have a woe day. I got woe days. There's days that I just like throw down, kick dirt, say, golly, Lord. Man, can't I catch a break around here? I mean, I do it. Because I'm flesh and I'm human in my own humanity because of the, 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 you know, the, the, the trouble, the problem, the whatever it is causing me grief. Yeah, in my humanity, I sometimes start kicking the dirt. 
But I have learned over these years of spending with the Lord that there ain't no sense kicking the dirt. I got to get myself out of that pretty quick and start looking, get my eyes back on Jesus. Okay, Lord, we got a problem, got a situation. How are we going to overcome it? What do you want me to do? What promise am I going to be enacting here today that's going to change the course of that event? And then take joy in it to know that God's on my side and whatever God promised, he's going to perform. See, that's where we get it. Because see, we won't, we won't. It's all fixed. We want to say, in the name of Jesus, in there. Amen. You know, we always look at the, the apostles after Jesus' resurrection, and you see the power, and you see the things going on in their life. You see what happened to them. And you saw, you know, Peter's shadow just cast upon people, and the sick get healed. He and, you know, John, they raised a lame man up in there. But, you know, did you, have you ever really researched it to the end? They all ended up on a cross crucified. Life was not easy for them. Oh, yeah, they got to see some miracles. They got to start some churches. They got to see some exciting things going on. But they, they also got killed. And they were always persecuted and they were always chased. Hallelujah. I love it in Acts, what is it, Acts 4, where Peter's in between the guards and he's asleep and the angel comes in there to deliver him, right? And he has, the angel has to wake him up. And, and, and the way I perceive it, maybe I'm wrong, he's like, kind of like he's so asleep, you know? He has to kick him on the side, wake him up. So the angel goes up there, you know, and get up. Now, look at this this way. Peter was pretty comfortable there to be that sound asleep. He wasn't over there in the corner biting his fingernails saying, oh, Lord, deliver me. But then he gets out. The door opens. He walks outside. He's like, wow, I'm not dreaming. I'm really free. He goes up to the house. They're having an all-night prayer meeting. He goes up, knocks on the door. The girl comes to the door. He says, go over the door, man. Let me in. She runs back in, tells him all Peter's out there. And says, oh, you know, what's the matter with you? You don't know what you're talking about. But they're praying for him to be delivered, and he's standing outside the door. Hello, really faith-filled prayer meeting. But aren't we like that as Christians? Huh? We're praying and praying. The answer's at the front door, but we ain't got enough sense to go open it. Why? Because we get focused on the battle or focused on the situation or focused on the problem. And we're looking at why is this happening and how come this happened? And, you know, what generational curse needs to be broken? Folks, listen to me. Just get spend some time with Jesus and all that other junk will fall off. Hello? Okay. The more you know Jesus within the more divine power you can walk in. Look at John 16, 33. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Whoa. Wow. Ah, ouch. Jesus said it. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But then he said, be of good cheer. Why? Because you are a hyper, a hyper conqueror. You're a giant killer by the Holy Ghost. So be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So if he's overcome the world and you're on his side, you've got knowledge of him, his divine power is given to you, to you the all the exceeding great and precious promises are yours. Lily, folks, what do you got to worry about? Oh, but don't we worry. Look at the person beside you and say, I think he's talking about you. Say, he ain't talking about me. I, ain't, I don't worry. I don't worry. No, not me. I don't worry. I may have some concerns now and then, but I don't worry. You're going to have these battles. There's no way around it, folks. Just, just get over it that you've got battles. Okay? Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the secret. 
It's keeping your eyes on Jesus, having fellowship with him, staying right there with him where you cannot, you cannot, cannot, cannot fall off the trap. You're going to have to determine to run the race that's set before you. All right. So if you don't, if the devil comes to you and tempts you, oh, look how easy so-and-so's got it. Just say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm running my race. Whatever's set before me, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to overcome. Folks, listen to me. You can't, you've got to understand this. I'm trying to get you to posture yourself because once you posture yourself into this position and into faith, your whole world's going to begin to change because what's going to happen to you, you're posturing yourself. This is my race. I'm going to run it, Lord. Here it is. Hallelujah. I'm going to go through it with joy and peace. Well, then the devil's like, man, they're going to be harder to manipulate. He realizes his fight's going to be harder because you have positioned yourself and set your, fa your face like flint upon Jesus. And, and, and he's like, oh, man. Now they've gotten all excited. Okay, number five. Number five. Verse, I'm in Hebrews 12 still, verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. The fifth thing you have to do to get the shot of a king in your camp is you have to make straight paths for your feet feet. Now listen to me. You say, well, I, don't, I, I do make straight paths. Do we? You have to do some examination in your life. Are you running in 10 different directions? Are you here and there? Are you trying to be the guy that spins the plates? Have you ever remember those guys that used to be in the circus, the plate spinners? You know, they get all those plates spinning and it's getting a few more spinning and they get a few more spinning and they keep going. You know, are you that? That you're not really walking one straight path. You're spinning 10 plates. It says here we've got to make straight paths for our feet. In other words, you have to set yourself again in this direction. And so let me just throw a few things out there. Let me just throw that. I'm setting a straight path for my feet. I'm going to Living Waters Church. I'm going to Living Waters Church every time the door opens. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to stay following the plan. I'm going to add to the plan. I am going to determine to, to, to live my life under the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to listen to that. You're setting straight paths for your feet. How many of you have ever, you know, I always use exercise because that's always my downfall. Uh, you, 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 you say you're going to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to walk every day this week. I'm going to walk two miles every day this week. And then... You know, it's a little misty outside, so you're like, ah, it's a little wet. Wind's blowing. It's hot. It's cold. Right? All these excuses come for you to then get off the path that you set. The reason why is because you weren't firm in setting the path to start out with. So in your Christian walk, it's the same way. If you don't have a straight path for your feet, you will be sidetracked continually. If you're not set and say, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I do. This is how I do it. It's in my schedule. This is what I do. End of story. Will not change. This is it. Then I want to tell you something. Then you're making straight paths, and then you have somewhere to go. And it says when you make a straight path, anything that gets out of joint will be healed. Okay? It says, now here we go. 
Just hold on. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up uh, cause, and cause trouble, and by this many became defiled. Lest there be any fornicators, profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessings, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears." Esau and Jacob, you know the story, you know, he came in and he was hungry and he was so hungry he said he was going to die. Well, he wasn't going to die. He was still walking and he made it back into camp. He just felt like he, you know, he was, his flesh wanted to be fed. So he said, so his, his brother said, sell me your birthright, I'll, I'll give you this food. And, his, and so, I mean, he could have gone to somebody else's tent. But he counted his birthright as nothing. He didn't have a straight path set for his feet. He counted his birthright as nothing. All right? And he didn't think, ah, that's no big deal. I just want some food. So then when later it came that he could have inherited his birthright, he couldn't do it because he couldn't find a place to repent because he was in his pity party saying, you know, God, if you wouldn't have put me in the place, if old Jacob wouldn't have been such a snake, if this wouldn't have happened over there. And he was complaining so much, he couldn't inherit his birthright because he couldn't find a place to really get right with God. Listen to me, there's a time for war, but if you stay in a constant state of turmoil in your life, you're not going to be able to see the straight path that you set. And people's lives today are in turmoil. Folks, listen to me. I don't know. I'm not going to stand up here by any means because I can't find it in the scriptures and just tell you, yea, hey, thus saith the Lord, put thy mask on thy face. Okay? I can't find it. All right? And so... Uh, uh, so I'm not going to get into all the science, I'm not going to do that, but I'm just telling you, the world's in turmoil today. And it's been perpetrated over the last couple of years of being forcing people to do this and forcing people to do that, and, 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 and people have gotten really crazy in their heads, okay? Not so much of us, because, you know, we never listen to anybody anyway. But there are people, listen to me, having to go through psychological problems of, to take their mask off. They feel as if they take the mask off, they're going to get sick and it's causing them to have turmoil and, 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 and to be anxious. And, oh, my God, what if I get sick and all this, you know? And, and, and it's, it's, it's children that's already finding all kinds of psychological problems going on with children and not being able to see faces and smiles and, and read people's facial reactions and things like this, Okay. All I'm saying to you, it's the same kind of turmoil we're seeing like that. But if you have turmoil in your life, everything's a turmoil. Everything's turmoil. Turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. You can't see the place and the path that you set before you. Because it says pursue peace. Peace is a place where you find the answers you're looking for. It's not in turmoil. If you're in turmoil, you've got to get out of that. Because you're not going to be able to even find Jesus to look at him if you're in turmoil. If somebody's done you wrong, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I wish everybody could have a great, blessed life. I promise y'all, if I had the pixie dust, I'd throw it on you. I'd make your life great if I could, if I just could dust you down. But listen to me. If you're in turmoil, you've got to find peace before you can find the path and the face of Jesus you're looking for. 
Peace comes from knowing that you're right with God. Peace comes from knowing that he's bigger than the problem. Peace comes from knowing that, that the word of God is true. And man is a liar. Through everything going on, through all the situations, through all the turmoil the last couple of years, you know, I just, I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in, in, in this conspiracy theory and that conspiracy theory and what this man says and what that man says. And then the Lord took me down one day and said, sat me down and he said, Robert, just whatever my word says, that's it. Quit looking anywhere else. Look to my word. And when I did that and then I just stopped and I just stood all and said, yeah, I don't know. I just know this. The Bible says judge everything by fruit. So is it bearing fruit? I don't see no fruit. Okay. Fair. I started finding more, a greater peace in my life. A greater peace came on me as soon as I just started focusing my attention and getting out of turmoil. Because folks, come on, let me just, just be honest with you. I mean, right now, you know, oil prices are going up. Gas prices are going to go up. Food prices are going up. Inflation's going up. Uh, your, your, your investments in, in for retirement or whatever you've got like that, everything's starting to look crazy. Everything's starting to look wane. Interest rates are going up. You're older, you want to retire, you just want comfort. All of us do. And so what happens? You get into turmoil. You start looking at all that stuff. You start trying to figure everything out. I'm not saying don't be smart. I'm not saying don't be smart with it and listen to what the Lord's telling you to do, but it's better to be in a position to be in peace, looking at Jesus, having conversations with him, and making decisions based off of that. Hello? Then it would ever be out here in turmoil Where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? We can't live like that. You're not going to have a shout of the king in the camp if you're living like that. He says, pursue peace and holiness. Okay, well, what's holiness? Folks, none of you are going to be holy by your own abilities. It goes back to my message I preached last week about the blood of Jesus. If you don't have a, a revelation of the robe of righteousness by the blood of Jesus on your life, well, then you're not going to ever walk in holiness. But holiness is a place that you can live. Okay? Holiness is a determination that you're going to live with Jesus, with him, and be in his presence, and that's what's going to bring you victory. Are y'all following me here? Okay. So if you're in turmoil today, you got to get out of turmoil. So if you have to forgive the person that wronged you, then forgive them. Get out of that turmoil. How do you know? If you're in turmoil, well, how many real age you eat in a day? I, I get in turmoil sometimes when my phone won't stop ringing, okay? And I get in turmoil. It starts irritating me. It's like, what now? And then I'm like, what now? But I have learned, turn that baby off. Stay in my place of peace until I'm back on track and going right, then turn it back on and then start answering questions. It doesn't rule my life. Now, here we go. Still in Hebrews 12, the sixth one. Look at verse 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. The sixth point to keeping the shout of a king in your camp is simply this. You have to know you're right. You have to know you're right. 
There is great confidence when you know that you're right. So no matter what anybody else says, no matter how anything else is worked around, right? You know you, you've, you've made the right choice. You know, if you've got to go to court and you know that you didn't do anything wrong, then there's not any really worry. You know, you, of course, things can happen and this and that and the other. But the truth of the matter is, if you know you're right, everybody say I'm right. If you know you're right for serving Jesus, folks, listen to me, the world is out there today. and We've got major denominations, major denominations that are changing and saying, well, we weren't right. <laughs> that, that, puts, that puts a shaking in your foundation. If you were following somebody and then all of a sudden they come up and say, uh, by the way, we were making a mistake back then. That's like, I, I'm telling you as a child, I say a child, you know, let's say somewhere between 20, 10 and 13. I used to go to a Baptist church with my grandparents. God bless the Baptist. Everybody say, God bless the Baptist. Got nothing against the Baptist. Not, no, 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 no going to say nothing. But I was a kid. I mean, this is a long time ago, coming right out of the 60s. And I remember going, and they had smoke break. And between Sunday school and church, all the guys would be gathered outside over by the side of the cross, and everybody was smoking. I don't know if they had an official smoke break. I don't like to say, okay, we're going to take a 10-minute recess or smoke break. But I'm just saying, they had a little bit of time, and everybody went outside, and everybody either had a cigarette or a pipe or something, and they smoked. I just grew up seeing it. I didn't, I, I, I mean, I didn't go out there and say, ah, sinners. And then as I got older, the church changed its views and said, no more smoking. It's a sinful thing. So my thought always had been as a kid, I didn't get into deep conversation with the church and the elders and the leaders of the church, the deacons, but it hit me as a kid. Well, how come we were smoking and now we're not smoking? And if we were following the word to start out with, what's the change? Hello? I mean, it was a simple deduction as a young man. I was just like, how come you, it was okay, now it's not okay? Did y'all just now find it in the Bible? And if so, y'all weren't very good readers. I mean, this is just my deductions from it, right? And so, I mean, can you imagine in today's society and the way that we're raised, if you went, if we came out here to church and there's 40 or 50 of y'all out there and we're having smoke break, everybody would be going, oh. Are y'all with me? All right? My point is, they were wrong both times because they were not set in knowing what was right. You see what I'm saying here, church? I want a core value in me, and I want to know what's right, and I'm going to, and then I'm going to stand my ground, and I'm, I'm saying, this is what I believe is right. I don't believe, oh, I'm going to get into it. I don't believe men should wear dresses. It's just wrong, ain't right? People can say I'm insensitive and this and that and the other, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying there's some things that I believe 
He ain't going to ever change me. I'm not going to say, oh, well, here's an obscure scripture and maybe we can twist it around like this. And if this means love and so on. No, I'm just going to believe what the Bible says. I'm going to read it like a little naive country boy and just read it and say, oh, that's what he said. OK, he said, don't do that. Don't do that. OK. End of story. It's it's liberating. Because it's not my doctrine. It's not the doctrine of Living Waters Church. It's not the, you know, it's not this man-made doctrine or something sent down and passed down by edicts through generations. No, it's just the Word of God. And you're going to believe it or not. Sin is sin, and right's right, wrong's wrong, and Jesus is Lord, and he said he'd forgive us for anything, and he's got a right way for us to live, and, and that's what we should do. Hello? Now, I'm not going to condemn anybody. God's got love and grace and peace to bring all of us into a, 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 a place that's right with him. And I don't care, listen, if you want you to wear your hair long, wear your hair short, wear, wear uh, you know, all that kind of, well, that don't make no difference to me. If you want to wear boots, you want to wear tennis shoes, you want to wear sandals. It don't make no difference. That's immaterial. I'm not going to judge a person based upon their skin color or what they got on. That's probably not true. Skin color, I don't care about. But, you know, I mean, if you were going to if you were gonna go out and work cows and you had a pair of sandals on, I'd say, you know, you're, you're kind of not dressed right. You know? But my point being is that we get so messed up, and people get messed up because they're not, their face is not set in a path that they know they're right. But you are. You're going to do this because you want a shot of a king in your camp. You're going to look at the race that God's got set before you. You're going to say, look, Lord, I just declare, I'm going to look unto you, the author and the finisher of my faith, and you're going to take me and you're going to set me free. You're going to take me right through this, and, and I'm, I'm going to walk in it. Hello? I'm going to go on. Everybody say, I'm going on. And all of this creates a shout of a king in your camp. So that then when the enemy comes flying over, he says, oh, we just don't want to mess with them. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to say it one more time. You're not going to bow your knee. Everybody say, I'm not going to bow my knee. Okay. Next one, number two, is you're not, you give no place to the devil. Everybody say, I'm not giving place to the devil. Okay. Number three, number three, y'all know what number three is? I'm going to live a life that brings glory to God. Say, I'm going to live a life that brings glory to God. Hey, come on. Number four, what I just told you down, you're determined to run your race. Okay, number five here. Oh, you're going to make a straight path. Everybody say, I'm making a straight path. And the sixth one is, I know I'm right. Look at the person beside you and saying, you are right. Amen. So now I want you to do something for me. I want you to stand up, put your Bibles up. Now, church, I'm going to tell you all something. I do believe that, that uh, I believe you can be just emotional and be wrong. Okay? But I do, you can, I do believe also you can be emotional and be right. Hello? And I've told you all this, that you need to be practicing your shout at the house. You need a little whoop whoop at your house to say, Jesus, you know it's going to be okay if if a battle comes and he said, ah, oh, Jesus can take care of this, then you would have that, that shout that, that would rise up in you. Just, whoo, Lord, you're taking care of this. You got it. No big deal. Hello? 
So you need to be practicing your shout. I encourage you, practice your shout. If you're not an emotional person, well, then go in there and turn the shower on and make a bunch of noise going in there and practice your shout in there. I don't know. But you got to get to developing your shout. Hello? And it's going to change your life. If you're in, if you're down and out today, listen to me, you're living your life in turmoil. This is what I want to focus on. If you're living your life in turmoil, let me tell you something. Jesus has an answer for you. Okay? He has an answer for you to get you out of that turmoil. So I don't need any hands lifted or anything like that. I just need your hearts. I want to pray over you. I want to pray for everybody out there listening, watching. If you're in turmoil today, I want to breathe God that the chain's going to be broken, that God's going to give you some direction today, that if you start applying it to your life, you're going to see victory. Do you all believe that? Amen. If you do, wave your hand at me just so I know that I'm not just crazy in here and so I'm the only one that thinks it. Okay? Now I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person listening, every person watching. Those that have been hoodwinked, those that have been caught in turmoil, those that are fighting through situations and obstacles and problems that come their way, and they've gotten bogged down. Lord, bogged down in the turmoil of the situation. I pray for them right now. I just thank you, Lord, that the chains and the yokes of those situations are broken off of them right now in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that by the power of the name of Jesus, that they are free to be able to see clearly, to get themselves back on the path and get going in the right direction, to get out of that turmoil, to find the place of peace, find the place, Lord God, of grace and mercy with you. So, Lord, I declare if the devil's come in, Lord, you said like a flood, the enemy comes in. I mean, when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the, the Holy Spirit comes in and lifts up a standard, I declare. That flood of the Holy Spirit, the flood of grace, the flood of peace goes over each and every person right now in Jesus' name. I declare those yokes are broken and they are free. I thank you, Lord, today that they're going to see clearly the path that you have for them. So, Lord, bless them. Bless them this day. Bless them, Lord God, like they've never known or seen before. I thank you these are great days, days of your majesty arising in the midst of us. So, Lord, I thank you for them, and I praise you for them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now, if I could have a few, couple of perfect team people could just come down up here this morning. Listen to me. Be blessed. If you need prayer, we're up here at the front for you to pray with you. God bless you. Get your shout on. Amen?